Second Corinthians chapter 12. Father, we thank you for your word. Allow your word to go into us. Bring about change in each and every last one of us. In spite of me, God, I pray that you would use me to deliver your word to your people. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Living water, wave at me. Y'all showed up, even in the snow. Thank you so much. You're forgiven for every Bible study you missed. I told him that, Pastor Johnson that if they showed up tonight, I would forgive them for every Bible study. I love you so much. To the band, the music ministry, thank you so much. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Begin reading at verse 7. The Bible records the following words. If you're not there, would you say hold up? Everybody's there. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to what the Apostle Paul had to say. He said, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, <laughs> with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul said, I went to him three times and I asked him, would you please, please take this away from me? God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And God would have for me to tell you at the 7 o'clock service, his grace is enough. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm coming to the text, but Lady Sharon, I didn't get to finish how we were in the Chinese restaurant. His grace is enough. He brought it back to my remembrance. And we were standing there and uh, we were having a conversation. And you said, you're going to do well. You said, don't be worried about your children. Just take your children wherever you go. That's what I do. Thank you for being such an excellent role model. Teaching us how to raise our children and how to support our husband. Thank you so much. His grace is enough. Somebody say his grace is enough. His grace is enough. Okay. In the Old Testament, God revealed himself as a God of grace and mercy who manifested his love to his people. Not because they deserved it, but because of his own desire to be faithful to the promises 
uh, that he had made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In the New Testament, God's grace is not predicated upon the human patriarchs, but the divine. It's no longer because of Abraham. It's because of the sacrifice of Jesus that we receive this grace. It's because of Jesus that we receive the forgiveness of sins and that we are able to be partakers of his mercy. The whole movement of Christianity and the Christian life from beginning to end is dependent upon this grace, the pure goodness of God. There was a conversation going on between Moses and God in Exodus chapter 33. And, and, and Moses said to the Lord, I pray that you would show me your glory. And he said, I myself, God said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me there's a place by me, Moses, and you shall stand there on the rock. And it will come about while my glory is passing by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock. And I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Behold, there is a place by me, he told Moses, and you shall stand there on the rock. Tell your neighbor, I'm standing on the rock. And you do know that Jesus is the rock that I'm referring to. Uh, David said in Psalm 66, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. And when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Tell your other neighbor, I'm standing on the rock. Yeah. Earlier today, we ministered from the subject, the grace to get it done at the 12 noon service, the grace to get it done. Whatever our it's are, the grace to get it done. Whatever our it's are, we all agree that all of us are partakers of the same grace, even though we may not have the same it. Grace, the goodness of God, the generosity of God, the favor of God. When you have favor with someone, there is a courtesy that is extended towards you. There is an approval granted to you. You receive support from, from the one with whom you have favor with. Somebody say, I have favor with God. Yeah. Uh, the subject of grace is so massive that we would spend all night trying to explain and define grace in its entirety. And even then, we would only be scratching the surface because of the vastness of God's grace. It's really hard for us to grasp it in its entirety because of the richness of his grace. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Tell your neighbor, I'm accepted. Mm -hmm. This is important because a lot of times people will try to make you feel as if you've been rejected, but you have not 
been rejected, you have been accepted in the beloved. In whom, he says in verse 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Grace has made sure that I'm accepted. The Apostle Paul, who is the author of 2 Corinthians, is a fine example in scripture to depict for us a snapshot of the grace of God. Paul was one of the last persons in that day that many would have ever considered to be worthy of apostleship, and yet God makes him one. Because I choose who I want to choose. And I use who I want to use. And I'll be gracious to whomever I want to be gracious to. Can I just go ahead and tell you, this is why some people have a problem with you. Because they would not have chosen you and yet God chose you. They tried to disapprove of you and God approved of you. And this is why they have a problem with you. But the problem is with them, it is not with you. And you don't have time to stop and argue and debate over something they're not comfortable with. God has chosen you and you are accepted in the beloved all because of his grace. Touch your neighbor and say, grace has gotten me in. Yeah, grace has gotten me in. Yeah, and God makes him one anyway. Paul was never a part of Jesus' ministry. For the entire three and a half years that Jesus ministered in the earth, Paul wasn't there. He was not there when the first miracle was performed at the wedding reception in Cana. You remember that? And remember uh, Jesus was at the wedding reception? And remember they had wine and they ran out of wine? Remember that? And his mother came to him and said, hey, they are out of wine. And he said, woman, what does that have to do with me? They were at a wedding reception and they had wine. So you're okay. No, <laughs> oh, you ain't gonna say nothing. You ain't going to say nothing. Tell your neighbor that wine in your refrigerator, you all right. Pastor Jay, you get me if I'm wrong, but, but, but he turned the water into wine. You all right. You ain't got to be ashamed. Grace got you covered, baby. You all right for the little wine. Jesus turned the water into wine. And, and, and the guest said, ooh, I like this party. They have saved the best for last. Because if you used to party like I used to party, when you showed up at the party, then you, you, you know, you had the best wine, and then you ran out, and then everybody was trying to scramble to see where we was going to get some more wine. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. And, and we was trying to see, and then you just had to go for broke. You understand what I'm saying? So you had to drink the cheap stuff that you had left in your trunk, in your car. I ain't going to get no help right there. But at this party, they said, oh, Oh, wow, we like this party. They have saved the best wine for life. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and Paul wasn't there to see any of that. He wasn't there when the woman with the issue of blood, she had the issue of blood for 12 long years, and she crept up behind Jesus and said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I ain't got to be all up on him like y'all are, because I know the virtue and the power that he's carrying. So if I could just touch the hem, if I got to get down low and just touch the hem of his garment. You see, some people come to church to get next to you but there are some of us that come to church to get next to him do I have a witness in here and I ain't gotta sit on the front row baby I can be on the back row and I can still touch the hem of his heart Paul wasn't there tell your neighbor he wasn't there 
As a matter of fact, Paul made a career out of assassinating and persecuting Christians that anybody that was called practicing or confessing Jesus. Paul was in direct opposition to Christ and his followers and in spite of his horrific and sinful past, God uses him greatly. Somebody say, that's grace. That means now you're without excuse. What is your excuse? That you won't allow God to use you. That you won't get busy serving in ministry. Because pastor, you don't understand where I come from. And you don't understand what I've done. And you don't understand the things that people know about me. But yeah, I, I do understand that you've been chosen. I do understand that your past really does not matter. What I do understand is that you have the present and your future is blessed. Your future is so blessed until your past is getting jealous. And if you only knew what God has for you in your future, you would stop tripping off of your past. Tell your neighbor, stop tripping, stop tripping. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. he wasn't there Paul was not there he wasn't there now understand because Paul was not around Jesus or the disciples he did not have the past experience to help convince him of Jesus Christ's power so the other disciples had some obvious benefits that Paul did not possess but because Paul wasn't there and because of what he didn't have he had a hunger to know God in a way that they did not have Instead of complaining about what you didn't have, you ought to thank God that you didn't have it. Because if you had it, maybe you would not have succeeded the way you have succeeded. We're always thanking God for what we got. I want to thank God for some of the stuff I didn't get. Because if had I gotten some of the stuff I thought I wanted, maybe I would not have made it this far. But I want to thank God he gave me not what I wanted, but he gave me what I needed. Do I have a witness in here? Paul didn't have what everybody else had, but Paul is the only one that said, I want to know him. You got to understand that, that Paul was not your average person. He was very intellectual. He, he, he was respected by chief officials, trained well and educated well. And, and yet he makes the astounding claim in, in Philippians chapter 3. He says, all of that, I count it all as dung. I count it all as rubbish. He said, because when it comes and when it compares to what I really want, I just really want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable of his death. Paul said above anything else, I just want to know him. You see, sometimes it's good again that you don't get what other people got because it makes you study more. It makes you research more. It makes you more hungrier for the things of God. It's some, I thank God he didn't let me in some of the circles I was trying to get in. They said that I, I was not uh, approved to be in the circle, but I thank God that God disapproved of me being in the circle because I was always bigger than the circle. Oh, tell your neighbor, I know I understand now why they didn't let me in because I'm bigger than that circle. I don't belong in a circle. I don't belong in a box. You can't put me in a box because I'm going to break the box. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to get on your nerves. I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to defy the odds. And you don't want me in a box because I'm going to break your box. 
Paul was so powerful. He, he was such a powerful man who walked in the authority of God. In Acts chapter 20, one time, y'all know the story, Paul was preaching, and he was preaching so long, you know, like I'm not going to do tonight. He was preaching so long that a man went to sleep, and he went to sleep and fell out the window. And Paul stopped preaching and went downstairs and went outside, laid his hands on the man, prayed for the man, and raised the man from the dead and came back up and kept on preaching. Now, you know that's power right there. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of this chapter that we're reading today, we can read how he was caught up in a vision to the third heaven. So much so, he said, I don't even know if it was an outer body experience or not, or an in-body experience. He said, I don't know. He said, God is showing me things, and I, I can't even quite understand the things that he's showing me. Paul said he saw things that were inexpressible. God has shared things with Paul that he did not share with others. But let me make you understand one thing for all you powerful people out there. You can be powerful and still be in pain. This is what they don't tell you. You can be anointed and empowered by God and still be worried. Oh, I wish I had some real people in here. You can be excited about something and intimidated by it all at the same time. Just because you have faith doesn't mean you don't have fear. But when you find yourself dealing with something painful and dealing with something challenging, eventually you have to ask yourself the question, maybe God has chosen me for this. Maybe I'm the man for the job. Maybe I'm the woman for the job. Maybe he has chose me to handle this. Maybe he has chose me to raise this child. Maybe he has chose me to run this business. Maybe he has chose me to move in this level of ministry. Maybe he chose me because a lesser man would have caved by now. Or a lesser woman would have quit by now. Maybe he chose me because he knows he's given me the grace to handle it. I don't know what it is you're trying to handle but God wants me to tell you his grace is enough and you can handle it with his grace do I have a witness in here let me go ahead and finish this because Paul was so powerful and because he had experienced what most had not see you think your problems are an indication of you being powerless but your problems and your challenges is an indication of how powerful you really are. <laughs> because God is our creator and he created us and he built us and he knows the specs and he knows how much we can handle. So therefore, had he not already deposited the grace within us, he would have never allowed the trial to come upon us. And so since the trial has come, the trial is an announcement that I'm more powerful than what I could ever imagine. Preach, Pastor Kim. I think I will. Your neighbor don't know it, but would you tell them you are powerful? This is why when you walk into a room, sometimes people are looking sideways because they don't know what to do with you. They don't know what to do with that type of power when you walk in the room. They have a problem with you, but again, it's their problem because they don't understand you. But God never meant for them to be able to explain the power. The only, only thing they got to do is acknowledge the power. Do I have a witness in here? Tell your neighbor again, you are powerful. Is mad. This is why the devil is upset. This is why hell is nervous because you are powerful. Let all the power.
people. Give God a powerful praise. Shake another powerful person by the hand and say you are powerful. And tell them I'm not intimidated by your power. I celebrate your power. Why? Because power recognizes power. Power is never intimidated by power. We celebrate power. You mean that's why I went through that? I only went through that so I could come up with this type of power? went through that so I can come out with this type of power so Paul was so powerful and because he had experienced what most had not y'all take your seat give me five more minutes as it pertains to the things of God I'm at the Eastern Star Church I feel like break dancing right about now I told him earlier coming up here on this platform is like the Apollo I didn't made it now <laughs> and because is so powerful because it costs to be powerful. Oh, I ain't got time. Oh, God, I ain't got time. Yeah, you got to conquer some real giants like Pastor Jay had to conquer some real giants in order to get that type of power. This is why you shouldn't be envious and jealous of people because you don't know what it costs. You don't know what it costs to be me. The only reason why I look easy is because I'm anointed to do it. But don't hurt your fool self trying to imitate me because it costs to flow in this anointing. He said, because I'm so powerful, this is what Paul is saying. God, I'm so powerful. <laughs> he said, I'm so powerful. A thorn was given to me to keep me from getting high-minded and to keep me from getting prideful and to keep me from being consumed with myself. Uh -huh. This is why this thorn in my flesh <laughs> it's hurting me it's, it's breaking my heart and it's, it's damaging my emotions and, uh, but I was given this yeah a thorn represents anything that's undesirable to deal with uh, it could be a uh, thorn could be sickness uh, for Jesus said not all sickness is unto death a thorn could be a difficult child to raise a thorn could be a difficult marriage to handle a thorn could be many different things we don't know what Paul's thorn was and many theologians they you know they're very skeptical about what the thorn was but whatever it was it was in his flesh and, and some have suggested that it could be uh, an eye disease or it could be malaria or epilepsy uh, we don't know for certain what it was but but we do know it was chronic and it was debilitating at times it was constant it was unceasing. There was a continual persistent problem. There was a continual pressure there. He goes on further to tell us that the thorn was given to him by a messenger of Satan to torment him. A messenger of Satan to cause Paul anguish and suffering and pain 
because you cannot have more power and not have more problems. Ah, y'all ain't shouting no more. You can't have more of this and not have more of that. But it was given to him to keep him from being exalted above measure so that he wouldn't get high-minded and think he was all such and much and everything. And it was given to him to keep him humble. And keeping him humble was a part of God's plan. But Satan delivered the thorn. This proves to us, ladies and gentlemen, that your God uses devils to accomplish his purpose. Ah, this is encouraging to me to know that if Satan does attack me and I feel as if I'm being tormented, to know that when I'm up under extreme pressure that God has allowed it because he's going to use it to further his cause in my life. Paul goes on to explain that I pleaded with God three times I went to him. And I said, God, please take this away. I went back again and said, God, please. You got to take this away. This is driving me crazy. I went back again and said, God, I'm losing my mind. You got to alleviate me of this pain and this pressure and this one problem. Because some of us, we, we, if we be honest, there are some problems we don't mind. But then sometimes it's just this one. <laughs> he said, I went to him three times. I, I kept going and asking him to remove the thorn. And I kept asking him to take it away because it's causing me pain. And I kept going back, asking him and praying for him, changing my situation. And Paul said, despite my pleading with God, he said to me, my grace. Is sufficient for you. Uh, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And, and, and so Paul, he's confused because on one hand, I know I'm powerful, but on the other hand, I'm in pain. Have you ever been confused? I gotta go. But have you ever been confused because you know you're powerful on one hand, but on the other hand, the pain has a way of breaking you down and you wonder if I'm gonna make it. That's why when they were singing the song, I'm made it. I don't know why some of y'all was just standing there like a statue because if you look back over your life and you look at some of the pain you was in, only the grace of God brought you through and you ought to be singing I made it out. Paul, I don't want you to be confused. I, I just want you to understand that my grace is sufficient. Would you help me preach this last little part? And would you just tell somebody standing around you, tell them I don't know what you're going through, but God's grace is enough. Yeah, yeah, maybe they didn't get it. Turn and tell somebody else that looks like they need to know that. Tell them I don't know what you're going through, but God's grace is enough. Oh, one more time. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Turn and tell somebody else don't know what you're going through and I don't know what challenges you're facing but God's grace is enough <laughs> yes his grace is sufficient and anytime Paul you start doubting I want you to go and remember what I did in Acts 28 when you were sitting around the fire and a snake jumped out and bit 
you. You remember that, Paul? Remember you were sitting there and you was trying to warm yourself and a snake jumped up out of the fire and landed on your hand and bit you. Remember that, Paul? Paul says, yes, God, I remember. And do you remember the people that were sitting there watching you and they were watching and observing you and waiting on you to fall over and die? Do you remember that, Paul? Paul said, yes, God, I remember. But you didn't fall over and die, did you? No, God, I didn't. What did you do? I lived and I didn't die to declare the glory and the works of the Lord. Well, don't you ever doubt. Don't you ever doubt if my grace is enough to bring you through. And how did you live when the snake bit you? Paul said, I shook it off. I shook it off because you gave me the grace to shake it off. And I came by here to tell somebody what bit you in life I don't care who's watching waiting on you to shrivel up fall over and die God has given you the grace to shake it off tell your row shake it off whatever it is God has given you the grace to shake 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 you shall not die Shake your neighbor by the hand and say, shake it off, whatever it is. Shake it off, whatever it is. Shake it off. His grace, God's grace is enough for you to keep on, keep it on, keep it on. His grace is enough.